0: Amen. You may be seated, church. It's just so good to be together tonight. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Good news, I was not drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, There was an opening for me on their team. I am wearing this to represent for my son who is a New Orleans Saints fan. And so I'm wearing this for him tonight, but you are stuck with me because the Saints did not want me, okay? The other Saints wanted me, Amen. (laughs) lord i've got these really new glasses that i can wear they're something called bifocals not sure if you've heard of them these are new in my repertoire for language and my fashion but my friend christy i don't have to take my glasses off to read so i am, am not wearing the readers i am wearing these and i will see how this goes tonight but i'm excited to have bifocals Read after me <laughs> majority of the room by Monday you will see. <laughs> <Sorry>. Literally. <laughs> by way of bifocals. I'm a grandma now. I'm a moo I to gotta, I gotta step into it. Hey, it has been an awesome season of gratitude together as we have marched it out together. And we have had every week has been a different topic and we're kind of going to just do a quick recap here in just a minute. To kind of catch us up to speed, as tonight will be our last time to march it out, specifically on this topic. But we have been looking at Galatians 2:20 this season, and we're not going to stop. Some of you are memorizing it, and I'm so thankful. Some of you have underlined it in your Bible, and that's a great start. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. It's a great start. Start reading it, and start letting it sink into your bones, into your soul, and you will find that the Word of God is alive and active. And ready to change you and me, and transform all of us into Christ lovers and Christ-like. And I'm so thankful for that. You'll have to excuse the microphone. We are retrying this again tonight. We found out that it had a short. If it's too much distraction, I will change. Don't worry. All right, Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ. Stay with me. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now. the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me that in parentheses because that is what we've been focusing on as far as gratitude is there anything else to be more grateful for anything else to be more grateful for jesus who loved us and gave himself for us what else is there to celebrate than that hallelujah the first week we talked about i will give thanks to you lord with all that i am I will tell of your wonderful deeds. We talked about true gratitude stemming from the deepest part of our being, our soul. Let's look at that psalm scripture together, psalm 9:1. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all that I know. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. That is coming to a soul gratitude. That's coming to a place in our being that is soul deep all that we are and then the next week we touched on philippians 4 6 and 7 that takes us to the heart and the mind the gratitude in the heart and the mind and it says this do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving present your requests to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a night that was! As we decided that we will never find our firm foundation in our anxiety, in the things that bring us anxiety and stress, we will never find a firm foundation in that—a solid footing. Our solid footing is in who? Christ Jesus. And we have to lift up our needs and our burdens to prayer with thanksgiving, asking God exactly what we need. He knows already. Just be honest with Him. And thank Him for who He is and all that He's done. And then we can experience peace. Isn't that great news, church? And that, those steps bring us peace to our heart and it protects our, our mind. We talked about it being a helmet and a breastplate. That these instructions become a helmet and a breastplate. And that gratitude being a vital piece in moving us to peace in Christ Jesus. Gratitude, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And last week, as Eric mentioned, Mike and Tina doing a lovely job of taking us all on the Appalachian Trail. Which I'm thankful for because I never planned on doing it myself. <laughs> and so I have been there. I no longer call Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. I call it Roxania. I'm sorry, (laughs) Tina. Sorry, Tina. Sorry, Tina. You love Pennsylvania. I've been to Pennsylvania, and I didn't see a lot of rocks in that portion. But the pictures I saw, Roxania. And I just said, that's not a trail. That's what I said. But listen, some of you are ready to go. Some of you were at my house on Sunday and said, we're ready to go. What? And I said, talk to my cantina. <laughs> we will pray you there and back, but you need to talk to my cantina. And they will probably tell you what they were told. Don't do it. <laughs> but they did it. And we're so thankful. The body of Christ is so full and so lovely and so beautiful because we have those that will touch the AT, that will do a part of it, that will accomplish it all the way through. And some that don't even know what AT means. The body of Christ is beautiful. And so we're thankful for their journey and the way that God brought them to a place of gratitude, even in the really hard and scary moments. They remained in the why, and He gave them a journey in gratitude. One of the passages they shared with us that I really gravitated towards was at the end of their sharing, and we're going to look at that together. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Many of you have heard this. And to me, This is going to take us to a gratitude in the body. So we've done the soul, we've done the heart and the mind, and we can see pieces here where we can find that gratitude in our body, our being. Ready? Let's look at it together. I'm not saying this because I am in need. This is Paul. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. being content in any and every situation. Hallelujah. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it. Hallelujah. hallelujah That's right. That is the heart of God alive and active in someone that has truly learned these lessons in really difficult seasons and sharing that truth with us. And the truth is, y'all, some of you can say amen and hallelujah like our brother here because they know it. We know, some of us, it's it's all contextual for all of us, but we know what it means to have plenty, and we know what it means to be in want. And so it's so important that we see that Paul is bringing his life experience with the Lord. And I've heard someone say in a movie recently, it's not something to explain, it's something to experience. The love of god the faith Hallelujah. this evangelism that is happening in my being it is not something i can explain to you it is something you have to experience and so you can see here that paul has experienced it and so have you church so have you. here's a few more um, passages on things that we're not in gratitude that we're not going to get to in this series tonight but i wanted to bring them because i think they're strong let's look at psalm 107 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. I begin many prayers. Lord, you are good and your love endures forever. Such a great, strong song. How about Colossians 4, 2? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hold on! (laughs) Hold on! Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot God acceptably, with reverence and
1: awe.
0: Amen. And I'm going to continue in that lane, of reverence and awe, with the Psalm 103 passage that brings us to a posture of humble praise. You remember in, uh, back in the summer, we talked about the Psalms, and this one would be a barrage. This is the one that's going to bring us to our knees. This is going to be a blessing of the Lord that brings us to our knees and brings us to a place of humble praise worship bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases amen (laughs) who redeems your life from the pit amen who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles oh what a humble praise and a blessed moment to remember all that he's done and who he is and that is good i'm going to read that again and if he's done this for you i just want you to say amen ready bless the lord oh my soul and forgot forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases amen. Amen. who redeems your life from the pit amen. Amen crowns you with steadfast love and mercy
1: awesome.
0: hallelujah who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles? anyone feel renewed in here tonight dad come on give, a, give us a shout <laughs> give us a shout dad that's right all right but tonight we're jumping in we're kind of moving towards our topic for tonight and we're wrapping it up here Second Corinthians 9 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift What is that? Ready It is eternal life through Jesus Christ That is for God to love the world That he gave his only begotten son I'm speaking the NKJV here from memorization that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have ever lasting life that my friends is an indescribable yeah. gift to oh, really? yeah. it's not complicated it's john 3 16 yeah. 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 what is the indescribable gift that's got to be some like you know hour long doctrinal thing for god to love the world and that wasn't easy <laughs> That he gave his only son. You want to talk about heart? That whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. It's a simple, beautiful truth that's really hard to fathom. But it's available.
1: Amen.
0: And we are told to thank, to give thanks for the indescribable gift. You see, it's not something I can explain it to you. You just need to experience it. Yes.
2: Amen.
0: Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And what I love is in this room is full of people that would do that in about 20 different postures. We would have some people, like my dad, standing with one arm in the air, and fist going as high as it can. We'd have some of you on your face. Thanks God. I could do anything but bow. Some people would be jumping as high as they can with arms stretched out. I mean, we all know right now if we could give a posture that would kind of mirror our thanks for this indescribable gift, it would look different on all of us because of what He's done in each of us. is so individual. Remember the diseases, the iniquities, the healings, all the things that we talked about earlier. And we said amen to the things that was on us, he's redeemed all of us, and he wants to redeem all of us. So that what he's done in each one of us is so individual, the posture would look different on each of us. But we are called to be thankful amen. for his indescribable gift. Thank you. And it's gonna be key that we remember that, because life gets messy. And we get these gifts of life, we get these gifts in life of things that feel like really great gifts, really good days feels like a good gift, or or really good relationships and really good moments and really good things, and it's going really well and you know and it feels like these great gifts. But then sometimes like it's not sunshine that day. And those people don't always show up and that doesn't always go the way I thought it would. And they decided to leave. And my company closed. And the whole In a couple of slides, you'll see a passage, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Pull that up for me. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, what we're marching out tonight in gratitude is an eternal perspective. Amen. The number one factor to gratitude is what we focus on. Right? We know that it's really easy sometimes to call out what's wrong or what's missing or what's not there. So literally one of the number one factors to be grateful is is our focus. What do you tend to focus on? We've asked questions all the way through. What do you tend to focus on? If your focus tends to be on your momentary troubles or yourself or your comforts or future worries, we're worried about things that haven't even happened yet. Or past hurts, you're going to struggle being grateful. We're just gonna keep it real. And you're not living with an eternal perspective. It doesn't mean that you don't you haven't been born again, it doesn't mean that you don't love God. But if you are focused on these things, then you are not living in gratitude and your eternal perspective is being jaded by these momentary troubles, by yourself, by these future fears or past hurts. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to be honest about what you've been through. Because here's what's beautiful. God already knows and he sees and he's looking for you to be honest about that anyway that I'm hurting, that this hurts, and Jesus understands. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't be honest about what you've been through, where you're headed. That would be toxic teaching. Let me just say that. It's okay to be honest about how you're feeling and what your goals are, what you hope for, and what you've learned from the past. But the eternal perspective or if you will, an eternal lens for anything and everything is going to be key in making it through anything and everything. Those of us that are believers, we often will go through a fire and say, How do people do this without the Lord? Yes. That is you remembering whose you are and where you're actually headed in the fire. That's an eternal perspective. Or in Isaiah 43 2, and it tells us the waves, they will not crash over you, and the fire will not be burned because you are mine. When we remember that and we get through it, we come out the other side and we're like, how people do it without the Lord? That's the child perspective. Is it sometimes challenged because it gets really hard? Sure. But that's the perspective. And that's something. To not just protect, but to engage. It's going to be key. Even as the days continue. Especially key. We can be very distracted by our own desires and wants and comforts and needs and past hurts and future worries. That our eternal perspective can be challenged. I don't want that. Because remember, the one thing that remains is that indescribable gift. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. James 4 tells us that life is but a vapor. And if I were to have, okay, let me just let me just do this real quick. If I were to have this cord in my hand and say it is stretching for a thousand feet that way and only the part where my hand lies is your life on earth and the rest of the thousand feet is our existence, we get really caught up in this guess what? This is a setup for all of that. This season of life that God has given us on earth is set up and preparation for eternity. And we get to choose. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. But I can tell you this right now. If that right there is a setup in many ways or determines in many ways, what all that looks like, I'm gonna tell you two things I want. I don't want to lose sight of all that. So I don't want to lose sight of all that. I don't want to lose sight of eternity. I want to keep heaven in view. and I want to take everybody with me I want to keep heaven in you and I want to be a heaven ambassador while I'm here I'm on Instagram not very often from time to time our women's group is on Instagram and we were promoting something that we're doing, and a Christian jewelry company liked what we were promoting and wanted to collaborate and wanted me to be an ambassador for them for the Christian jewelry. I said no at this time, even though it was a great honor, um, but they're in, out of another country. You can just sit and feel like right now would be the best time for me to spend my time and my energies on social media doing that. But they're looking for people that would be ambassadors for their jewelry. Help us spread the word. About and I know like those of you in your 30s and 40s under, you get the word ambassador because it's, it's it's kind of a thing right now to be an ambassador for people's clothing or their jewelry or their brand. Listen, we're all called to be heaven ambassadors.
1: Amen.
0: As believers, we are all called to be heaven ambassadors. Amen. And we get to do it in this short time. Amen. And I want to do it. And I want you to know that I did it, that the way you'll do that looks different than the way I'll do it, Jordan. I know it will look different on you, Christina, than it will on me. I know that it will look different on you, Layla, than it looks on me. And you have different circles and different friends and different ways. Jordan's cooler than me, okay? (laughs) Christina's better than me. Uh Layla's more hip than me. We all have these different ways, literally, like, hippie in the making. I love it. And I love it. And we all use different ways. It doesn't have to look like me, but we, in order to be have an ambassador, it's got to be all about him. Amen. All about him. And in this little bit of time that James calls but a vapor, it's hard to fathom sometimes. It feels like days just go on forever, right? But in this little bit of time, two things: I'm going to keep heaven in view. Remember, there's a lot of that. There's way more of that coming than there is of this. So I want to keep heaven in view. And while I'm here, I want to be a heaven ambassador. Because I want all y'all there. And I want your families. And I want your friends. And I want your children. And your children's children. And my children. And their children. And their friends. Just told Dallas the other day, I said, So when are all your high school friends going to move here? Come on now. <laughs> he still connects with them and invites them to come. Many ministry days in the car with your friends, talking life and faith and God and them asking tough questions. Mrs. Reader, sometimes Marsha, sometimes Coach, sometimes Dallas' mom, because I couldn't remember my name. Hey, Dallas' <laughs> mom. How do you know it's God speaking? Some good stuff happened in those car rides. I want to take you all. And I've got this much time. And I don't want to waste it. And I don't want you to waste it. Be aware of the time. Because life on earth is messy. and, And it gets messy. And it could cause us to lose a focus. Gratitude becomes really hard in the dark seasons. Amen? I know this is true. But the promise of heaven brings so much light and perspective on our worst day. We can actually find a space to rejoice on our worst day when we remember it doesn't end here and it doesn't end like this. We can move our being to this place of rejoicing when we will remember that it doesn't end here and it doesn't end like this. Churches are faith in God through Jesus and the promise of heaven that keeps us centered in the struggles of life. Do you know that to be true? It is the hope of heaven that keeps us afloat when those waves of grief crash over us. If you've lost someone, Near and dear you, you know that wave of grief that comes out of nowhere and smacks you. It is the hope of heaven that keeps us afloat. It is the reminder that heaven is our home when earth gets really peoply. <laughs> Keep heaven in community, church. Be a heaven ambassador. Because listen, oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an uncloudy day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I'm going to march it out very quick, hut two, three, four. (coughs) Eternal perspective, gratitude, first things first. Make certain you've been born again. Make certain that you believe in the death and the resurrection of Christ. Oh Amen. Make sure that you believe that God did it. Make sure that you've been born again. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and the women have been doing a study, and Nicodemus is a is a character at one point, and if you want to talk about a good man, a good guy, Nicodemus is your guy, okay? And Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. John 3.3. 3. Make sure you've been born again. When we accept by faith the death and resurrection of Jesus on our behalf, the Holy Spirit moves into our lives. it is birthed in us. He has been drawing us of God and when we accept Jesus now he is empowering us to live it out do you hear that he is actively drawing you to be born again and we come into the fold as, as as Jesus said be born again he starts empowering us to live it out thank you Lord second store up treasure in heaven Matthew 6, 19 through 21, listen to this. Do not store up for yourselves on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. These trophies we move toward and fight for on earth. The significance of name—it Finding significance in these things on earth that we already talked about are fleeting. This is what he's talking about here. Jesus is saying, don't let that, don't get caught in that rat race. It doesn't mean that we don't go for it. It doesn't mean that we don't thrive in certain areas. It doesn't mean that we don't have strengths or talents. But he's saying, don't forget where your treasures are. They're in heaven. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be. An eternal perspective is one that has shifted from earthly concerns to heaven. and there you invest time and energy and resources. Where your treasure is, you will invest time and energy and resources. If your treasure is in the the kingdom of God, you will invest time and energy and resources. If it's in the things of earth, you will invest, and we do, we will invest time and energy and resources in things of earth because we are hoping as having ambassadors that it's going to yield fruit. And i get that but everything we do for christ will last so hear that only what we do for christ will last amen and that's truth third spend time with god and his word psalm 119 11. i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you it's pretty simple Mm -hmm. spend time with god and his word know his voice it says my sheep know my voice you're saying i'm having a hard time distinguishing but spend more time it'll become more clear get a little closer Amen. many times it's a whisper
2: and if you're hearing from him
0: that means he's you're hearing from him that means he is so close and if you're having a hard time draw near to him he'll draw near to you spend time with God and his word and for hut two three four as we march it out stay conscious of the fact that this world is not all there is. Amen. Keep heaven in view. 2 Corinthians four seventeen 17 through 18. The whole thing. Here's what it says. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen but not on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is seen <coughs> sorry unseen is eternal I got distracted you want to know why? I just have a thought about a friend a friend that's going through something when you're preaching your mind doesn't turn off by the you'd be surprised at the things that I see and think from up here I just have a, a thought about a friend that is struggling and I begin to pray for them as I was trying to read. That's not always that easy. <laughs> so I'm going to read that again. But if you will, pray for my
1: friend.
0: Hey, let's do it. God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. And I just pray that you would place your hand on my friend, Lord, that you would touch them, that they would be moved by your spirit, that they would know that your purposes are in full green light for them and that they would unfold without any hindrance, that no weapon formed against them would prosper. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Richard. So let's read Second Corinthians 4, 17, 13 now, and I promise you, I will read what's on the paper, okay? <laughs> for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Church says, amen. Amen. We must intentionally redirect our thoughts, church. We must intentionally redirect our thoughts. And I don't want to just take out the holding remote control and move it to good ideas and good thoughts and positive mindset. I want to move my mind to that which lasts forever. That which is eternal. I want to move my mind to the rest of a thousand foot road. And I'm not talking about being so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good, okay? Alright? My dad has said that for how long, dad? <laughs> <laughs> and that's real. He's not getting it. I'm not talking about being so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good, okay? There's a big difference in that. I'm talking about being so clear. This is important. Being so clear about whose we are and where we're headed. That when earth gets messy, because it does and it will, we don't lose sight of the true measure of our value and the direction of our destiny. Do you see that? I'm not talking about being so heavily bound in our earthly good. I'm talking about living in a way and being so clear of whose you are and where you're headed that when earth gets messy, you don't lose sight of the true measure of your value and the direction of your destiny. Your destination is heaven. Don't be confused there with that word.
1: That's
0: so key. We can really start to spiral in our identity and in our destination when life gets really hard. And I'm not standing here without integrity in this message tonight. I've been through some stuff. I'm looking at an entire body of people that have been through some stuff. I mean, this room is full of lawyers, not wimps. amen? Amen. We know what it means to change the channels, don't we? When it gets dark. We know what it means to fight through the night. But if you find yourself in that season right now struggling, Here's a couple things I want you to hear. God sees you. I want you to own it for yourself. God sees me. Jesus died for me. The Holy Spirit was sent for me. The gift of my salvation. The faithfulness of God always. And the hope of heaven. I want you to take a picture of that. Because remember we talked about earth getting hard, messy, and it does. Some of you are living in the sunshine right now with a really cute outfit on, and your hair looks good. And it's a really good day. <laughs> and in about seven days, it's not gonna go like that. And I don't want you to forget. God sees me. Jesus died for me. The Holy Spirit was sent for me. If I make sure I'm born again, that I have the gift of my salvation, that indescribable gift, I can lean on the promises and the faithfulness of God always. And when this world is like, standing amongst vomit. I have the hope of heaven. God sees everything. Jesus understands church. Keep heaven in view. I'm going to have my mom come. She's going to tell a story that's pretty, pretty intense. Amazing, moving. And the story is to remind us that on our absolute worst possible day, we still get to decide, where do I end? And I'm talking about the worst imaginable day we still get to decide, where do I land? How am I gonna let this day end? And some of us actually can't answer that because it's been that bad. And on that day, we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be embarrassed that we can't even decide. When you call in those warriors not limbs and say, I need you to stay with me till I can decide. Amen. Yes. We have hidden in the lie that everything's fine for too long. That's right. And sometimes it's not fine. Mm-hmm. And we need to stop being ashamed of that. That's right. And stop being embarrassed by that it's a hard day and I can't decide. I love God, and I'm having a hard time deciding that that's enough right now. We need to get honest about that. And we need to call in the lawyers and the not ones to say, stand by me stand with me sit with me lay with me a little while and help me hold me raise my arms because i can't decide right now because it's been that bad my mom's going to share a story of a woman who had that day that season and when she was able she decided
2: It was May the 7th, 1983. As a matter of fact, it was the day before Mother's Day. A precious young family of four decided they would go into town. They lived in a community outside town. This was a family from our church where we pastored during those years. It was Dad Bill, John the mom, Karen the 10-year-old, who was actually Marsha's best childhood friend? And they waited several years before Kristen was born. She was 16 months old. They were on their way into town, heading into a curve. Unbeknownst to them, coming down the road to meet them was a drunk man going 105 miles an hour. And they know that because the police who was going the same direction, found this one, saw me turn turned around, clocked him, and he saw when that car hit this family of four. The police, one of the policemen who came to the accident saw some bodies under a cover, and saw a woman over there with a mask on didn't recognize him. He went to see who was under the cover and saw that was his brother-in-law and his two nieces. That was his sister over there, barely hanging on. John was unconscious. That was on a Saturday, as I told you, it wasn't until Tuesday that John regained consciousness. And that was Just literally one hour before the funeral of her husband and two daughters. Larry will tell you it's the hardest funeral he's ever done. They put the two girls in the same casket. Joan woke up three days later to find out that her whole family was dead and she said Have them sing, Jesus loves me. And we did. We did. From the moment John woke up until she left the hospital in August, she was never alone. We people in the church took turns eight hour shifts at a time sitting with her and her family, between the church people and her family. She was never alone. Not one minute. All those days, weeks, months. They came into her one day when she was well enough to receive this kind of conversation and they offered her counseling. And she said, Oh, I don't need counseling. I have my <laughs> church people and my family. It was about a year later after the accident. We had a women's ensemble at our church that I led, and John was part of that women's ensemble. But it was about a year later that we were singing a song, and John was there singing, and it says, what a day to be alive. What a day to be his child. Praise the Lord, I'm reconciled to the Father. And if all my possessions were taken all away, we could still, be a wonderful day. Amen. If you woke up to find your family, I'll well could you see me? And if my possessions were all taken away, I would still be a wonderful day.
0: In time with God and in his word. It would have been easy for Joan to live with the focus or perspective of all she lost. It was hard for me to focus on the fact that I didn't lose my best friend. You know? And not just on that day, but the life they someone, you don't just lose them on that day, you lose all the things you had planned together, all the future hopes and dreams and desires and birthdays and school plays and sports games and choir concerts and weddings and the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays and the Thursdays and the Fridays and getting ready for church and arguing all the way there, (laughs) but loving it because we're doing it together. In the million little moments, and the wedding anniversaries, and the laughter, and the tears, and the hard-fought fights where you decided to fight it through, and the victories where you saw it worth it. You see, she didn't just lose her family on that day. She lost this life. It was all gone. And it would have been easy for her, fair for her, to live with that and be And even say, that drunk driver did that. The devil did that to me. But somehow, she decided to remember who God was, and is, and will be, and decided to live. Decided to keep going. Decided to continue to live and turn her mind to the kingdom. It's the only way you can at 18 times like that, right? She decided to look back and remember God did that. And he could do this. So what did he do? The heavens and the earth. The flowers and the trees. The sea and the sand, the sun, and the moon, the birds' morning tune, the wonder of a child, the wisdom of a saint, he did that, the joy of a new believer, he did that, the faithfulness of God, the kindness of Christ. The parting of the sea, The healer of the leper. The water into wine. The manna and the quail. The giver of the Holy Spirit. Every good and perfect gift. The deliverance of addiction. He did that. The life changing gospel. He did that. The water from a rock. The virgin's birth. My daily bread indescribable peace amidst the storm. The rainbow after a flood. He did that. The greatest catch of fish ever recorded. He did that. The reinstating of Peter and the reinstating of me. He did that. The day of Pentecost, the prison doors opening, the chains falling off as they worshiped. she is. Alleluia. And I will turn my mind to heaven. Amen. I will turn my mind to heaven. He did that. Yes. And I can remember that he did that and he can do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even if he doesn't, I've got all that. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Right. What a day. To be alive. What a day to be his child. Pray to the Lord, I reconciled to the Father. And if all my possessions were taken all away, twad still, there's a word for you. twould. you <laughs> You're welcome. Twould still. Be a wonderful day. We're gonna sing it for you. Kelly reckoned you. It's not easy, but we get to choose And it's not something Necessarily we can explain it to you It just got to experience it Tonight Make sure you're born again Tonight, maybe lay down those things That seem to get in the way Of that eternal lens Maybe it's time to clean it off Maybe it's time to put in new lenses I don't know, but let's do some work With the Father as always, we have candles to light and represent the light of the world. Where do you need Jesus in your life? In your soul, in your home, in your situation, in your finances? Come, light a candle representative. Come, spend time with the Father. Just you and him. No one will bother you. Kneel, thank him, bless him, whatever you need to do tonight. If you would like to be born again, if you would like to take that next step, if you need prayer for healing tonight, if you need prayer for something specific, we'll be on the front row. My parents will be here too. Come, we would love to pray with you. God is here. Let's respond actively as we continue in worship. Let me pray. What a day to be alive. What a day to be your child. Praise the Lord. I'm reconciled to you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can sing those words tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we know whose we are and what our destination is. Thank you, Lord, if someone in here tonight does not have that assurance, that blessed assurance, that they would come forward and find that security in you, that when everything else gets peoply, or prickly, or hard, or dark, or heavy, or we lose everything in the day, that A, we can decide where we land, and B, we have a community of believers that can stand with us until we decide. We have much to be grateful for, Lord. We have much to be grateful for, yeah. starting with you, starting with you. Thank you, Lord, for your indescribable gift. And thank you, Lord, for this amazing body of people. We experience you in this time. Lord. Help us to live honestly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.